Well, good morning. Welcome to Rock Family Church. My name is Kim Hawk, and you've tuned in, and we are so glad that you're here and uh, online with us. So this morning, we are actually concluding Faith in a Crisis. So today is part six, and the title of today's message is Choose Joy. I don't know about you, but I enjoy laughing. I enjoy a good belly laugh, and so I feel like in the midst of all of the craziness, um, we might need a little laugh. But first, let me tell you that when I was growing up, I was um, like probably a lot of young girls, and I made a list of what I wanted in a mate. And I was very spiritual. And on the first of my list, of course, was that this gentleman was going to have to love Jesus. Now, I was 12 when I wrote this, but... That'll just give you context. But now after number one of someone that loved Jesus, I will tell you it was so important that my number two was that someone that I married was going to have to have a sense of humor. So I did well. I chose well because Pastor Dean has a wonderful sense of humor. And in our relationship, we laugh a lot, which I love. But in today's society, um, in what's going on today, I just wanted to start with something that's not at all spiritual. So if you are easily offended, now's gonna be the perfect time you're gonna to wanna to hit mute. And I will get back to it in about two minutes. But I found a few of my favorite, some of them you've probably seen, but I found a few of my favorite pandemic memes. So here we go, number one, the small weekend is over and now we're entering the big weekend. But my favorite is the frowny face. Weekend with frowny face, I've just never seen. Baking banana bread is out of control. I personally have switched to pumpkin. It's so easy to make cold brew at home, I've wasted millions of dollars, right? A moment of silence for the people who agreed to live with awful roommates because they wouldn't be spending much time at home anyway, right? All right, a funny thing about quarantine is hearing your spouse in full work mode for the first time, like I'm married to Let's circle back, guy. Who knew? All right, few more. This is the Olympic Games in Tokyo. Now, do you know that the actual symbols are supposed to be like this together, but they're social safety distancing? And I know it's 2021, but I slept 14 hours last night, absolutely locked and loaded for a big day of hand washing and looking out the window. All right, someone asked me if I was concerned about getting the coronavirus. This was so me about 10, 15 years ago. I was exposed to the germs my kids brought home from Chuck E. Cheese's. You can't scare me. All right, just a couple more. Costco stopped serving samples because of the coronavirus, so now I have to actually feed my kids this weekend. That's a problem. Can we all just agree to gain 15 pounds? That way, none of us will have to feel weird about it. Thank you. And the last one is, here's the original Zoom meeting. Some of you are too young to even know what this means. This is the Hollywood Squares. That is the original Zoom meeting. So anyway, all right, those are my funnies. You can unmute me now if that was going to offend you. So it's just easy to look at all the heartache and all the adjustments that we have to make and to focus on those things. The fact that we now don't have traffic to deal with. I heard someone say that... Um, Gas is really inexpensive. I'm just not having to use it. I'm getting like three weeks to the gallon, right? <laughs> not having to put much gas in the car. But for many of us, life has literally, pause has been pushed and we didn't push it, right? It was pushed for us. But 
while we're in pause, I want us to choose joy. So I wanna talk about a few things today and because it won't be long and they will push play again on life. They will decide when we push play and it will ramp back up and I think that it will be a little fast and furious. So bear with me, we're gonna go through five things today. Hopefully you have a pad and you, a paper and you have our notes uh, printed out, but number one, your attitude affects your outcome. Your attitude affects your outcome. There was no better um, story in the Bible that I could think of than to talk about Paul and Silas. I want to give you a little background because I, I feel like when we talk about Paul and Silas, we only go through a couple of verses. So I first want to tell you, there was a slave girl, and she actually um, could tell someone's future. So she was basically a fortune teller. And that's what she did for her master, and that's how they achieved money off of this slave. So one day, Paul and Silas were going to pray, and Paul, it said, got exasperated. I love that about Paul, because I've been exasperated before. And so he said he was, it says he was exasperated, and he actually just cast out the demon and the girls, and, and the demon left her, so she could no longer tell fortunes. So her slave master was upset, right? He wasn't going to achieve that income from her. So let's pick up. This is in Acts 16. The whole scripture 16 through 26, but I want to pick up in verse 22, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with the wooden rods. Verse 23 says they were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape, so the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet into stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake. The prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Now, often you hear the last couple of verses. I wanted you to know the state of them as they are being joyful, as they are finding that their attitude needs to adjust. I'm pretty sure that if they'd been whining and complaining, I don't think there'd been an earthquake. I don't think the stocks would have fallen off. All the chains would have come off. They decided that their attitude wasn't going to be dependent on their circumstances, yeah. right? Yeah. They decided, I mean, to be completely stripped. You got me at stripped, right? You don't even have to beat me. You've got me the embarrassing side of being stripped. But all of those things, and then to be put in prison, they still found a way to praise God. All right, one more scripture here for this point. Philippians 4, 8 and 9. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. One final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true, on what is honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Amen. For me, I've had to, in an effort to keep my attitude in check, I personally have had to limit the time that we've had the TV on. I wanna know what's happening next just as much as the other person, right? But I have found that keeping the news on constant has been difficult. I've had to limit. So at the end of the day, about 10 or 15 minutes, I kind of catch up what's going on, and that's plenty for me. Yeah. It makes me anxious to see all the charts and all the graphs because now they're saying those from several weeks ago, had you studied those, they're not even accurate as to what's happening. So the predictions, it's just a prediction. So to be so focused on those things was affecting my attitude. So I finally just said, all right, for me, I need to limit this. Number two, number two is choose joy over worry and fear. Yeah. 
Choose joy over worry and fear. I love it that Pastor Brad um, saying and talk about it this morning, but what if we had a ring at the doorbell? So you go to the doorbell, you open the door, and someone's got a package for you. And you look in the package, and it's fear. Fear because there's not enough rent money this month. Fear because you are the teacher of your students, your children. That could produce fear, right? <laughs> but you look at the box, you look at what's inside, and you have a choice. You have a choice. Are you going to accept that package? or are you gonna close the door? Those thoughts are gonna come, but you're gonna have a choice. So the doorbell rings again, you open the door, and there's a big box of worry. I'm worried about, am I gonna get this virus? How many times do I need to wash my hands? I'm worried because there's you fill in the blank. It's not just right now in this pandemic. In our lives, there's a lot of chances, a lot of opportunity to worry. So you have to reject that package. Now here's the unfortunate thing. It's not a one-time decision. That doorbell is gonna ring over and over and over again and give you the opportunity for worry and for fear. But I'm gonna challenge you to choose joy. Don't let that seed, it's gonna come, but don't let it stay there and nest and don't feed on that. So Deuteronomy 31.8, it says, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Friends, that is good news. That's good news. And then in John 14, verse 27, it says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind, right, and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. How many times have you said to a friend, how does someone who doesn't know Jesus do this, right? If you're listening right now, if you're watching this, we're going to give you that opportunity to know Jesus at the end of this time together. So you, you be ready. All right, number three, point number three. Look for ways to turn your hardship into learning. What can I learn from this? When I look back at this experience or any challenging experience, I want to be able to ask myself, were you gracious in the grocery store when you didn't get the toilet paper and someone else did, right? <laughs> were you gracious and were you tolerant to your family? I will tell you that um, for the first time in, in the year 2000, Dean didn't get up and go to work to an office he started working at home when we moved to Colorado. That was challenging. So I'm just going to be honest. Many of you didn't get that choice. You didn't decide to work from home. Someone decided for you. Or you're not working, which creates even more tension, right? So many of you have been put into those circumstances, but I hope you'll be able to look back and say, I was tolerant and I was gracious of my family members, of the fact that, I'm, that I've uh, got a lot of kids in the house, whatever that is. So what is it that you're learning? What is it that you're learning? Maybe you moms, you're saying, this is what I'm learning. I'm learning that I appreciate teachers. That may be what you're learning. You may be learning and saying, I learned that I appreciate servers at restaurants, right? I've actually appreciate a dishwasher. I emptied it twice one day when I started refilling it for the third time. I said, we are cutting down a tree or something because we are using paper. So 
I'm just saying, what are you appreciating and what are you learning? Here's one more thing that I've learned. I'm learning that I need a hug. Not just from my spouse, but I'm learning I'm, I'm a hugger. I'm known for being a hugger. And I'm learning that I appreciate those hugs even more than I did before because I'm doing without. So that's what I'm learning. I want to tell you about another quarantine experience. And I have to read it, so you'll have to excuse that. But um, I want to get it right. So back in the 1600s, listen to this. In 1665, a social distancing order emptied campuses throughout England as the bubonic plague raged, killing 100,000 people. And that was about a quarter of London's population, and it did that in 18 months. A 24-year-old student from Trinity College in Cambridge was among those forced to leave campus, return indefinitely to his childhood home, and his name was Isaac Newton. And his time at home during this epidemic would be called his years of wonder. His biographer writes, the plague year was his transfiguration. During solitude, he became the world's paramount mathematician. Newton himself would say about this forced time away from university life, for in those days I was in the prime of my age for invention, mathematics, and philosophy more than at any other time since. The Great Plague eventually ended. Newton returned to Trinity College, completed his study. He became a fellow, ultimately a professor, and the discoveries he made during this time away from campus would form the foundation of his historic career for years to come and become some of the greatest scientific breakthroughs. I cannot say that during that isolation, at first he went, woo, this is gonna be great. I bet I do great things. But he learned a lot. He learned a lot. So this is a trying time. Our routines have been disrupted. But what is our reflection of ourselves and of our lives and what is our discovery? It might be a time for someone who's creative, who gets off the rat race and has the opportunity to create and to discover. The rhythm of your days are just different. Maybe it's an opportunity though to let your imagination, your inventiveness, maybe it's time for that to become fruitful. So this could be your year of wonders. Don't let this time pass and look back and not say, I didn't learn anything. Yeah. You can learn something. So, all right, number four. Choose to see this trial as an opportunity for growth. Okay, that's uncomfortable. That is uncomfortable. But choose to see it as an opportunity for growth. I recently read in a book, and it was actually a business book that um, all of our lead team was reading. And when I read it and I knew what I was going to be speaking on, I underlined it and, and I told them, I said, I'm going to be using that. It says in this book, it said, which I think is so true, in the absence of a crisis, change is almost impossible. When the crisis is over, the next challenge is charting the long-term path. What things are you discovering about yourself? What growth areas are there that are provoked by this crisis? Without this crisis, what wouldn't have happened? I'm guessing a bunch of babies in nine months, but that's just me. Just saying. Okay. All right. <laughs> but this also gives us the time to rely on Jesus. This gives us the opportunity to rely on Jesus. When you've overcome obstacles, there's a lot of look back, or there should be, 
but become countless, uh, conscious of the countless things that you're capable of, but only when you lean into Jesus. So choose to see this trial as an opportunity for growth. How many of us have gone through rough patches, but we only have looked at the achievement? You do kind of see and scale over those rough patches, which is okay. I, I get that. But if you went to a graduation and you get your graduation and it was, you remember then how difficult it was, a concept you couldn't quite grasp, a class that you had to get a tutor for that you just felt like you barely made it through. But maybe that happened 10 years ago. And sometimes you just realize and you go, oh, I went to buy a home and I couldn't get pre-approved and I finally did, but then I put an offer in and someone else, you see what I'm saying? Those types of, we forget those rough patches and we just skip from achievement to achievement to achievement, yeah. which is great, but those rough patches, what did you learn from that? Yeah. That's your story. Yeah. It's a process that happens. One scripture, James 1, verse 2, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, yep. right? So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Amen. All right, very last one. Point number five, count your blessings. Yeah. What are you thankful for? What are you grateful for? I'm going to tell you a story about a family here in the church. They were, um, they've been married for a while. They're childless. They um, tried for children. They both work in the school system. And I know at least one of them, in fact, both of them might even be um, school counselors. And they were matched and were wanting to adopt. They were matched with a birth mother up in the northeast section of the country. And they were going to need to make choices, right? We both probably can't take off work. Who knows when this baby's going to be born? So this family has learned, and they've actually texted and said, I feel guilty. I feel guilty for all the blessings during this time when many, many are having such heartache. And I told them, do not feel guilty. I want their story to be um, a reminder to us that there are blessings and we may not see them right now, but this sweet family when the pandemic hit and they closed schools and they were at home, they had the opportunity to go up and stay close by. They both then were at the birth of their child. And that would likely not have been the opportunity that they might have had or they would have had to have rushed or maybe they got up there and the baby didn't come. Not only that, they have already counted their blessings because when I've spoken with them, it is now the school that we're both working at even though we're working from home, right? It's closed until the fall. We are gonna have the opportunity, both of us, both mom and dad, to bond with this child without having to pay for childcare all the way until the fall. And then they said, if that's not enough, it costs less than $100 in gas to get here, right? Count your blessings. What I've said over and over during this time is that what the devil meant for evil, God has turned for good. What is your good? Maybe you've been so wrapped up in the other stuff that you haven't even paused to count your blessings. What is your good? Your good is going to look different to a lot of people, but you have good. You just need to look for it. Watch for it.
Don't focus on the bad. I want to read one more scripture before we close. And Peter's writing to Christians who are scattered. They've been persecuted. And they are coming from Rome. Here's what he wrote to encourage them. In 1 Peter 1, verse 6, he said, So be truly glad for being persecuted, I guess, right? There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Friends, count your blessings. Find your good. Your good is in there. You may have to dig, but be joyful. Like Paul and Silas, when I read right in the very beginning of today, they didn't wait for the good to happen. They were joyful. They were thankful, even in the middle of the trial. So if you're in a trial right now, I'm going to tell you the doorbell rings and worry and fear tries to come. You don't answer that. You don't open that package. You don't accept that package. You close the door. You find the good. Count your blessings. What are your new habits that you'll continue? What is your takeaway? Maybe your takeaway is family meals. Maybe your takeaway through this instance is determined that you need a larger savings account and you're determined, right? That may be your takeaway. Maybe your takeaway is giving and spending time with Jesus every single day. You need to find the good and count your blessings. This has affected all of us in some way, one way or another. And I'm just going to believe with you that it's going to be positive, even if it doesn't feel it right now. But I'm also going to ask you, what's important to you? You know, we all have a foundation. And if your foundation was your job, if that's where your worth has come from, I want to remind you that maybe that's been taken away. And when that foundation of your job and your worth has been taken away or shattered, or let's say you're still getting the income, but maybe you're, having, you're not having the influence you did or you're not in the office, I don't know what that looks like for you. But if your foundation and your rock is Jesus and this little sliver up at the top is a job, if that was taken away, your foundation's not shaken. So you need to remember, you need to remember that Jesus needs to be your foundation. And if you're watching today and you're saying, Jesus is not my foundation, that is not my rock that I've built my life on, you're not watching today by accident. This is the most important decision you will ever make in your life. When Jesus is your foundation, when things like this do happen, it's still hard, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's still difficult, but that's not the point. The point is, is that you've built your life on a solid surface on Jesus Christ. So if that is you and you say, boy, Kim, I have never done that. I have never asked Jesus to be part of my life, to be Lord of my life. I've never accepted him into my life. I've never confessed my sins. Then today is your day. 
So what I'm going to want you to do, I don't know where, whether you're watching on a computer, I don't know whether you're watching on a TV, I don't know whether you're just listening, you've got an iPhone, maybe you've just skipped over several different church services, but you're here now with us. And that's what's most important because you're going to get the opportunity. I want your heart to be ready. So if you and your heart are saying, I've, I accepted maybe Christ as a small child, gave my heart to Jesus, but didn't do a lot with it, but I'm ready to make that commitment. I'm ready to be all in with Jesus. I'm ready to choose joy because joy will come from him and not all the exterior stuff that happens in my life. So if you're ready or you say, I've never made that decision. I've never made that choice, but today I'm ready to do that. We're gonna give you that opportunity right now. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing right now, if you say, I need Jesus, I need Jesus, I'm going to have you repeat a prayer after me. And then I want to know that you've done that. That's important to me. I want to know that you have prayed this prayer. But let's pray it out loud together. It just says if you'll confess in your heart, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you are saved. So let's do this together. Say, dear God, forgive me of all of my sins and mistakes. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I invite him to be the Lord of my life. Thank you for loving me and for forgiving me. My life is now in your hands. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. Amen. If you have just prayed that prayer and you've made a commitment in your heart, would you do me a favor? If you're online, you're on a Facebook, there's a chat area there. Just tell us, just say, this is my name. This is the commitment I've made. If that's not available to you, then at least email info at rockfamilychurch.com and tell us that you made that. That is so important to us to know that you've made that commitment. You've made that decision for Jesus. And the rest of you, I'm hoping that you've learned something today and that you will have choices and decisions, but that you will remember, you'll learn, and you'll choose joy today because that's important. It's important to your family. It's important to you. Lean into Jesus. That is your foundation. Thank you again for joining us today. I believe that your week, you're going to have a great week, the best week possible. Come back and join us next Sunday as we start a new series called Voices. We miss seeing your faces, but we are honored and glad that you're here and we're able to be together. So we love you and we'll see you next week.